0: And happy holidays from the AFA podcast, the official podcast for animationforadults.com. No matter where you live, what you celebrate, if you're a diehard animation fan or a casual one, all of us here at AFA want to wish you a wonderful holiday season and a happy new year. My name is Rachel and I will be your host for today's episode and joining me today is my good friend and partner, Chris Perkins. Hey, Chris.
1: Hello. Hello, Rachel.
0: Happy holidays. How are you doing?
1: I am doing well. Happy holidays to you too (laughs) and to the listeners.
0: Yes, definitely. And thank you guys for joining us for today's episode. Um, we are really excited to t- for this particular one because it's going to be covering a film that both Chris and I are very fond of. Um, we wanted to focus on something holiday related. So today, um, if those of you who have been following our Twitter poll might already have a hint as to what it is, and you'll probably also see in the episode title, we are going to be covering a Muppet Christmas Carol, which surprisingly enough, has had its 25th anniversary this year so we figured it was a good time to talk about it again as i said we both love the film so we want to go ahead and share our thoughts on it with you all before we talk about the film there are a few uh important news stories we'd like to cover specifically since the award season is starting for feature films and specifically we want to focus on some of the animated films that we've covered over this over this year and which ones are getting uh, awards already and are already nominated for some upcoming awards ceremonies. So I think to start with one that's already happened was the Emily Awards taking place in France. Uh, Chris, do you want to talk more about that?
1: Yes, I I think it might be the... I think you might say it, the Emils, that's how I've been saying it. I may be wrong. Maybe <laughs> yes. Emily sounds better, Emily. Well, however you say it, they are the European Film Awards, uh, European Animation Awards even, and it's the first time they've happened uh, in Lille in France in December. Ah. And we uh, we did... Uh, the idea is to sort of get, do an equivalent of the Annie Awards, but for Europe, because the Annie Awards are all very well are good and everything, but they are obviously focused on the US animation industry. Yes, uh,
0: and it's good to get... I've been... My opinion, I think it's a good to have as much coverage as considering how many different uh, types of animated films come out all over the world. Best to cover as many as possible.
1: Yeah, so the uh, the emmy Awards, uh, the big winner was My Life as a Courgette, as it is nice. known, known in Europe, or Ma Vie a Courgette. Uh, also known, of course, in the US as My Life as a Zucchini.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Which film we are a big fan of around here. Uh, Claude <laughs> Barris' stop-motion film, um, that was nominated for an Oscar last year where it won Best Animated Feature at the Emiles and also Best Soundtrack in a Feature Film Production and Best Writing in a Feature Film Production.
0: I can so, definitely believe that.
1: Uh, another film we're a big fan of is The Red Turtle <laughs> from Michael <laughs> Do Do It. dewitt uh, and that, didn't win, that was nominated for Best Feature which it didn't win but it did win for Best Character Animation in a Feature Production Oh, and heck best, yes. best Storyboard in a Feature Production.
0: Excellent. Good job.
1: And Long Way North, which is an excellent French film that we've talked about before and reviewed on the site, won uh, Best Background and Character Design in a Feature Production.
0: Yeah, I, that's actually one of the films that's been nominated this year that I still haven't seen, and I do definitely want to see it at some point in the near future.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, very, it's worth seeking out. Um, in TV... Uh, the best TV broadcast production went to Roald Dahl's revi- Revolting Rhymes from Magic Light Pictures, which was on the BBC over Christmas last year. Um it's like their, their Christmas TV special. Um, and it also won Best Character Animation in TV and broadcast. Uh, the best writing in a TV broadcast production went to The Amazing World of Gumball, which <laughs> I have to say I have not seen I know there are lots of people who are fans of, and it seems to have been nominated for lots of things recently. So I should, I should try and seek it out if I can, I suppose.
0: Yeah, there are. I, I will admit, because I, I this is coming from a casual viewer, not a diehard fan. Because I have um, occasionally like tuned in on Cartoon Network once or twice, um, and when Gumball happened to be on, and I will admit, I'm not like I'm not entirely sure I, if I ever could be a diehard fan. Because sometimes the jokes that are done on this up on this show are. A lot of misses for me, at least just for me personally. But then there are just those jokes that really seem to hit home runs. Like it's, it, it, I kind of get like a mixed bag with this show. Like the, I the concept of it's a little all over the place. At least I haven't been able to pinpoint the uh, the show's internal logic yet. But it's like I said, some of those jokes that do hit home runs, they they don't just get a giggle; they get a belly laugh.
1: <laughs> I I didn't realize till recently that it's a European made film thing because i think it's animated largely in the uk so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i i don't know where it's written and stuff but it's it's qualified apparently
0: okay good for them it's 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 good good win on the awards then
1: uh the sheep the tv series won this in the storyboarding category which is obviously i'm always i'm always going to support aardman and Sean the sheep so yay for that (laughs) And the background and character design in TV and broadcast went to Ernest and Celestine, the series, which uh, I haven't had a chance to see because I don't think it's been released in English. But there's a, I love the oh, film.
0: Oh, I forgot that, that was. I mean, there was a feature film for Ernest mm. and Celestine, but that, I didn't realize there was an actual series around it.
1: Mm, there is. Uh, I've seen like yeah. art from it and everything, and it looks just as nice as the um, the uh, film does. Uh, and the best soundtrack in a TV broadcast production went to the French like adult action series, Last Man, that we, I I think we covered that when they were, they were kickstarting it, I think. Was that, was
0: yeah. Okay. It? Yeah. I believe so.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's obviously, uh, I, that is apparently available in, in America on VRV, which is a streamy streaming service that's owned hmm. by the same people who own Crunchyroll. Hmm. They've got, um, They've got like uh, cartoon, like Hangover, on there. They've got that's where you can see the like the most recent episodes of Bee and Puppy Cat and stuff.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha.
1: And they've got Last Man on there, but unfortunately, you can't get it here. So uh, I haven't. Aww. Um, and then yeah, there there was other there were some other awards uh, relating to uh, short student films and short films and um commission films which basically means adverts um and they gave a lifetime achievement award uh, named after Lotte Renegar um to Richard Williams. So
0: Hey nice
1: You can't argue with that.
0: No, certainly not
1: <laughs> And you might say, hang on, is he European? Well he's lived in the UK for a long time and he's I think he's listed as Anglo Canadian or something so it, it's close enough is what yeah, we're saying close, close enough
0: close <laughs> enough <laughs> <laughs> so that's so, Some c- congratulations to all those films and television shows and uh, nominations for the award uh, wins and even for the if you were just nominated also you know, congratulations to everybody that is mm-hmm. awesome and another particular uh, awards ceremony that i think this is a relatively new one that's uh that's just come around. The Los Angeles Online Critics Society Awards. Um, they've already named their nominees for this new award. Can you uh, talk a little bit about this uh, this new award?
1: Uh, yeah, um there's already like a Los Angeles Critics Circle um awards that happens every year and mm-hmm. they they have an animation awards and um they this year they named Breadwinner best animated film. Nice. Um and last year they chose your name and the Red Turtle was runner up. Um so they don't like just name the latest Disney film or whatever. Um but this this is a separate thing, the online critic society, uh which uh is a new organisation that as you might tell from the title is obviously for online critics. Um, who live in the LA area or operate in the LA area. And um, they've got, they've got their first awards coming up in, in January and they have, they have slightly different categories in a lot of things. Like they've decided they're going an award for best male director and best female director, for example. Huh. And they've got an award for best performance by an a- actor or actress under 23 years old, which seems quite a strange cutoff point, but Hey, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they ha- they have an animated feature category, um, and their choices are Pixar's Coco, mm-hmm. uh, The Breadwinner, Loving Vincent, the Lego Batman movie, and Captain Underpants. So... That's an
0: interesting lineup for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: kind so... of got the whole range. They got comedies, we got uh, dramas, we've got all different styles of animation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Pretty pretty cool.
1: But also they have a category for best animated slash visual effects performance. Really? So this is basically when pe- people like um Andy Circus when <laughs> people are saying, Oh, he should be nominated for something and people are like, Well, is is it really acting, whatever? Perhaps oh, it needs Of course it is. It, perhaps it needs its own dedicated category. And that's what they've done. And the um Nominations are, strangely enough, Andy Circus, obviously, <laughs> for what might as well be called the Andy Circus Award. Uh, for, yes. Uh, for War of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, Doug Jones for the new Giamillo... Gimilo- yeah,
0: <laughs> Giamillo Toro.
1: Yeah, him. I, I know. I just...
0: A.K.A. that movie that I really want to see, The Shape of Water.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, Dan Stevens uh, for Beauty and the Beast.
0: Oh, that's excellent! That's great.
1: So, yeah, that's interesting. And uh, January the third is when the ceremony happens for that.
0: Okay, excellent, cool. And it's got some good variety in it.
1: Where should we? What, what should we do next? Should we do the Annie's or the Golden Globes?
0: Um, let's start with the Golden Globes for the next uh, next uh, nominee list because I think that was another. When I'm think the which I forget which one's coming first because I always keep forgetting which of in terms of the award season which ceremony starts when or what time of the year. Uh, I
1: think, I think they might both be January. Uh okay, yeah. It's so, all in January. Okay, um, gotcha. Golden Globes Sunday, January seventh. So okay, and I I think uh, Annie's is later in January, but it's um or February, but it's. It's all, like, early next year anyway. Um, okay, so the Golden Globes, which <laughs> is dominated by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association um, and is some, sometimes seen as a bit of a predictor of um, the Oscars and in other ways just seen as a bit of a joke. But yeah. um, thanks to their their thing of nominating certain films as comedies when they're not, but... Um, uh. Hey, what are you going to do? um so their animation category, their nominations are Coco, the breadwinner, Loving Vincent again um and the other two slots go to the boss Baby from DreamWorks Animation and Blue Skies Ferdinand, the Bull movie, yeah <laughs> um which you know, if it had been made years ago, probably would just be called bull movie. Uh, <laughs>
0: But it's interesting, I think both um both Loving Vincent and uh, the Breadwinner are getting a lot of uh getting a lot of nominations this year. I mean, rightly so. It's just it's good to see that it's um both movies are really getting around.
1: Breadwinner um was uh, expected, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh I
0: given its critical reception.
1: Yeah, I, w- I was expecting it to be uh, nominated for every award going pretty much, but <laughs> the surprise that has been so far has been how well loving Vincent's doing. Um, not cause it's obviously, I know you loved it and lots of other people loved it. Um, I haven't seen it. Um, I should say at this point, uh, but I wasn't expecting it to necessarily figure because I, I don't know. I just wasn't. And I'm pleasantly yeah. surprised to see it cropping up so often.
0: Well, yeah, I think it's just because, um, it, it's, it's, I think it's because of the way that it's filmed or the way that it's, uh, pre- it's, it presents its story is appealing to a lot of people. I mean, I know a lot of people have been using the marker, and even I will include myself in this, that the fact that it's, you know, a painted, a hand-painted film, and even though this is definitely not the first film to do, uh, like to do animation in, uh, this painted format before, it's still a very it's distinctive enough in its style in terms of how like what kind of painting style it's using and just unabashedly just going through it you know the entire film and just trying to capture uh Vincent van Gogh's style and using that as a way to frame the story is very very impressive and a lot and it's resonating with people who may not even be all that much into animation like I've um I think I believe I've stated previously when discussing the film when I went to see it in the London Film Festival um my father who was uh, with me in the um, when we went to see the screening of Loving Vincent was really blown away by this film and he's he's a very casual movie goer like he'll you'll more likely see him go to see like an action flick or mm-hmm. a um you know just like you know the typical uh, summer blockbuster but he's you know he'll 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 go to see films out of his comfort zone if I insist that they're very good and I insisted very much so, at least from what I had seen from the trailers, that this was going to at least be an interesting view. So he came with me and we watched it together. And even though we both saw that and the breadwinner and we both equally, en- we enjoyed both the one that he consistently seems to bring up when we refer back to that trip in October was the, was loving Vincent. That really seemed to struck a chord with them. So I'm, I'm not surprised that it struck enough core, you know, it's, it's struck enough with another, you know, other viewers to, um, Uh, warrant a nomination because it's um, a wonderful wonderful movie
1: yeah i i get the i don't know for sure but i get the impression that the uh hollywood foreign press association is you know there's probably not like a whole animation department or anything in the Mm -hmm. same like you know in the way that the uh oscars were nominated Mm -hmm. um as we know they make their changes um Yes. So we'll we'll see when the Oscar nominations come out after Christmas. Sometime, we'll find next early next year, we'll find out. I reckon kind of the test is if if the breadwinner doesn't get nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's kind of sort of a litmus test that they've changed too much. Because um, if if the um, Golden Globes can nominate it, then mm-hmm. if Oscar doesn't, then they've screwed it (laughs) basically
0: okay all right then we'll 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 have that be the big test then we'll wait to see when they make those uh when they make the oscar nominations and we'll see what films get nominated and then we'll know then we'll know
1: i mean if you know it'd be great if they still have like two slots for independent films but if they didn't and they didn't even have one for the breadwinner then you'd know that something's something's gonna miss (laughs) and they just go no boss baby ferdinand captain underpants and Emoji movie. Oh, and Coco. Uh,
0: well, Coco well,
1: Coco. That
0: wasn't. Yeah. that wasn't a uh, Coco because Coco's so, amazing. And yeah, I. I'll. I'll, I'll talk about that later. <laughs> but um. <laughs> no, just like I, I hear the word emoji movie, and I think this like the. Anyone who's even seen a little bit of it just like automatically groans and pain <laughs> because that's kind of what the movie does to people. Yeah. Anyways. Those are the Golden Globe nominations. How about we move on to the Annie nominations?
1: <laughs> yes, and you may find some of the names familiar.
0: Exactly, because a lot of the same same films are getting nominations this year.
1: Yes. Good. Uh, thing. Yes. So the Annie Award nominations are out. They are the they are the awards handed out by Asifa Hollywood, who are the organization that we now know uh, was. We're not started by, but um, somebody was a very important figure there was the late, great June Foray, who passed away this year. Um, they were apparently her ideas, her idea to have the Annie Awards. So, ah. so salute to her. Um, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, the Annie Award nominations are out and they are the 45th annual annie awards to take place on february the 3rd 2018 there you go February are brief gotcha. All right. um in hollywood california the united states of america <laughs> Earth. um and as is often the case pixar have got the most nominations um, coco have got 13 has got 13 nominations um and the next biggest is the breadwinner, which has got 10 nominations.
0: Ah, oh, okay. So, um, yeah, leading leading in the nominations there with the breadwinner.
1: And we'll just go over a few of the major categories, because obviously there's all... They award everything. There's, like, storyboarding and things like that, and character design and character animation and all... All wonderful things that should be recognised, but we're not going to list them all because you can read <laughs> read them, and we also don't really know what we're talking about necessarily. Um, but in the best animated feature, the nominations are um, Captain underpants, the first epic movie, which I hear is good. I'm not I'm not sn- I'm not snorting at that. I'm not um, sniggering at that. Uh, I hear it's good. Uh, from t- people who should be listened to like damn. Um
0: well, I have seen a bit of it myself and the humor the humor is definitely on point for for Captain Underpants. It is definitely a funny movie.
1: Uh Cars Free, uh, the only person I could think of I know who's seen it is Dennerie and she liked it. Uh Coco, obviously you all loved. I haven't seen yet. Uh Despicable <laughs> Me Free, uh my nieces liked it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it. It the me continues to be a big hit with the kids. That's that's good.
1: And the Boss Baby, uh, yeah. So you might be saying, hey, where are all the good? Oh, sorry, I shouldn't say. <laughs> 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 Having where said, are have... the
0: independent features? You mean?
1: Yes. Uh, well, they've got their own category, uh, which is kind of it. It's it's a weird thing. 'Cause you kind of think, hang on, if they're good, then surely they should be in the best um best feature. But hey, it means that that mm-hmm. there's always one independent film that doesn't lose out to a Disney film or whatever, I guess. So it gets maybe
0: their way of balancing out the category just so mm. that way if the judges lean more toward a specific film, like say a more po- you know, a more popular film like um coco that one of the other films you know that would have you know they're basically like you said they're not excluding a certain you know certain films because of the fact that certain judges might lean one way versus the other
1: i almost feel like this this category exists because they were like, oh we should have given song the scene award oh we should have given song the scene award <laughs> uh but we didn't because regrets because we, we gave it to big hero six was it that year i don't know um Whatever it was. Um, yeah. So the best animated feature, Independent. And the nominations are, in that category, In This Corner of the World. Excellent. It, loving Vincent. Mm-hmm. Napping Princess, which I have seen and enjoyed. I don't think you... Did you see it?
0: I don't think I've had the opportunity, no.
1: No. Uh, that was another G-Kids, G-Kids release in the US and an Anime Limited UK release. Um hmm the Big Bad Fox and Other Tales. Yay, which we haven't Yahoo! seen yet, but we want to. Um,
0: hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, one day soon.
1: Yes, it's out in March in the US next year. Uh UK some point next year. <laughs> I'm not I don't think we've got a date yet. Um, okay, gotcha. But I know the breadwinners May next year and um Mary and the Witch's Flower is May next year here. So
0: Yeah, they're already um the past couple of times I've been to the theater in the U.S. recently, they've been uh, they've been marketing uh, Mary and the Witch's Flower quite a bit Ooh. in theaters. So that's good. I'm really yes. excited about that.
1: Yeah. That, that. Uh, so, yeah, those are the nominations for that. Uh, so they're all good, obviously. Um, uh, which others should we cover? Uh, Let's see. I
0: was almost going to say... Um, the uh, best animated special production because like I saw the, the Frozen Adventure, uh, short film list here, and that's actually what's one of the few that I have of these that I have seen because they played that before Coco, but um, I'm not sure if we want to save that for another discussion when um, probably save it when we're talking about the Coco film.
1: <laughs> the um, Olaf short that apparently. I don't know. It was rude to people's mother or something. The way they acted, <laughs> <It's> like
0: <laughs> I don't understand what everyone's getting up in arms about because it was it was fine, it was fine. But again, I think this is might be as might be a discussion for another day. But it's 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 a frozen short. <laughs> That's all I can it's, say.
1: I, I've I've just been sort of watching, sort of mystified at the reaction. Um, I haven't seen people like act this offended by a short since Lava. And it's like, really? I, I just can't. It's not.
0: Neither of those shorts were worthy of that much. I mean, again, I wasn't, I wasn't thrilled or blown away by Lava, but it's, it's, it was fine. Why? Did...
1: It, it, it's, I don't it's, get it. It's so weird to be that. Yeah, uh, it's, it's weird. Um, <laughs> the uh, best, basically the TV, The TV production, um, general audience, basically. Best general audience animated television broadcast production. There we go. There's the title. Uh, The nominations are Big Mouth, uh, which is the Netflix series that I thought was actually surprisingly not bad. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've written a review of it on the site. And, yeah, I quite enjoyed it in the end, even though it looks horrible. And... uh, (laughs) and the um there's bits that don't work but it it's it, it's fine um i gave it <laughs> i gave it three stars which is a recommendation so uh, all right um bojack horseman which is excellent uh so two netflix nominations there uh, rick and morty straight and it's pickle rick is the episode that got nominated of course it is um robot chicken got nominated and samurai jack
0: Yes. And this is the one episode that I was really I remember when we were first uh covering or talking about um the new Samurai Jack season that came out this past year. Um, this is one of my favorite episodes of the whole show. I mean just be, just in the way that's presented it was presented in shot. And I mean if you've if you've seen it, you already know what I'm talking about. I'll I'll kind of give it a brief summary if you aren't familiar with which episode this is. This is the Episode where Jack is constantly on the run from some mysterious assassins that are tracking him down.
1: Spoilers.
0: Now, <laughs> that's not exactly spoilers because I know
1: on. I'm jo- I'm joking. I'm joking.
0: <laughs> but no, like this this episode was was shot um, with little to no dialogue, and just a lot of uh, some great points of animation to really tell the story. So from beginning to end, and Yeah, so if you haven't seen that episode already or even the new season of Samurai Jack yet, please do so. But this is a episode that you definitely need to take a look at and just in terms of the animation and uh, storytelling uh, for the episode because it's masterful.
1: And I just thought I'd also mention one of the technical awards um, is character animation in a video game. And I, I thought you might be interested in that. Uh,
0: I am. Let me see they've... if I can try to find that category down here. Is I enjoy... okay, here, animation. Go, cuphead. All right, immediately I see the name cuphead, and that that just makes all the sense.
1: <laughs> yeah. If I... any,
0: if, yeah. If anyone's already seen Cuphead, that hasn't seen it, you need to look at it because it is it is an amazing representation of uh, classic animation, like old time Disney. Looney T you know that kind of animation and but it's hard to play it's yeah. very very difficult
1: <laughs> I I I think that might have been the subject of the first ever games related post on AFA I think because I when I saw the video like the trailer for it it's like oh that's AFA material if ever there was some oh uh, heck yes because it's obviously based on classic animation style and that's the main reason for me bringing up the um, the category, really, because I, I it obviously deserves nominations, and it's got it's got a couple. Um Hellblade: is Sacrifice. Don't know what that is, but it it's a Ninja Fury game. So,
0: yeah, I think I've missed out on that one, unfortunately. So I I pop my apologies uh, for not being as up to date on this particular game, but. Um, yeah, it looks I'll have to I'll have to definitely look into it to see the to see the work on the character animation because it looks that's prim, primarily from the name of uh from the list of uh nominations here. It's all for character animation, so that's awesome. Um and then of course Horizon Zero Dawn and Uncharted the Lost Legacy, there's no surprises there because both of those games have wonderful animation and design. Mm-hmm. And definitely um if you're looking to Maybe get, um, think of a game to get for Christmas if you still haven't uh, had a chance to check it out yet. Um, Uncharted Lost Legacy, I did mention as one of the uh, my recommended buys for the holiday season, so definitely check that out and we'll make sure to uh add that to your list for the gamer on your life because it's it's a good game, it's a solid, solid, uh, Uncharted game.
1: Mm-hmm, And it, that's a damn fine list of games there that you should check out. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, we'll leave that link in the show notes for you guys. All right, I think. Is there any other categories you want to specifically mention, or you think that uh, that pretty much wraps it up for the um, for the awards nominations?
1: I wondered if should mention the voice acting uh, the nominations in TV. are Bojack Horseman Bunsen is a beast. I have to say, I have not heard of, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. The name isn't familiar either. The, Jeremy Rowley is the actor. Okay. Uh, but Bojack Horseman, the nominated performer, is Wendy Malick for the character of Beatrice Horseman. I think I think that's Bojack's mum. <laughs> Disney's Mickey Mouse, Chris Diamantopoulos for Mickey Mouse. SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, obviously it's Tom Kenny. Of uh, course. Even after all these years, still being nominated. I think SpongeBob might be 20 years old next year or the year after. Really? Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of crazy. Um, I was going to say, and I've never watched an episode, but I've seen the film.
0: Really? (laughs) You've never seen an episode of the show?
1: I don't think so.
0: That's wild. (laughs)
1: Um, The Amazing World of Gumball. Nicholas Cantu for the character of Gumball. And then, in movies, um Nick Kroll got nominated for Captain Underpants for um <laughs> Professor Poopy Pants. yes, that's the character's name,
0: yeah, uh, we're rolling
1: I'm, with it I assume that's how you pronounce it. It's not some sort of i don't know there's some poupae pants or something I don't know you get I, I
0: think I think it pretty much speaks for itself,
1: maybe, maybe that's a joke in the film. they like, go, oh, poopy pants, no, it's pouope pants maybe i don't know um <laughs> Uh in Coco, uh Anthony Gonzalez is nominated for the character of Miguel, who is definitely he, I, I assume is the main character. I have a Yep,
0: yep, that's the main character, that's the main protagonist, and he did a wonderful job both um you know just acting and then also singing on top of that. So congratulations, Anthony.
1: And the breadwinner got two people nominated. Uh oh wow. Sarah Chowdhury, uh for the char- the lead character Povina which is obviously appropriate because she's great. Um, And Lara Sadiq uh, for the character of Fatima. Yes,
0: that's definitely, I mean, I I love Parvana, but I just, I really wanted the actress for uh, Fatima to get an award. That's excellent.
1: And the final nomination there is Lego Batman movie. uh, And it's not Will Arnett who's nominated, but Zach Galifianakis for his portrayal of the Joker.
0: Oh, that's great
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I think if you want to check out the rest of the Annie nominations, then you'll find the post on animationforadults.com. dot com yep
0: yeah, that's got we've got the full list there, so if you want to see all the different categories for storyboarding character design, they like said voice acting and um animation and video games et cetera you know the list just goes on and on all the uh, nominations are the uh, awards are listed there mm-hmm. All right, so I think that pretty much does it for news. Oh, we actually, I, I lie, tell a lie. There's one more uh, shout-out we would like to give in our news section before we move on to um, our main topic for the day. And that is a specifically a holiday, um, a holiday piece of uh, animation that just came out in 2017 on the BBC. It is a little short film called The Supporting Act. Uh, Chris, would you like to... Uh, give us some more detail on
1: this particular short. Yeah, basically we, we just wanted to uh, give a shout out to this on the show in case you haven't seen it um, because it is a beautiful little piece of animation uh, that was basically done as like the promotional thing for BBC one for Christmas, um, like to promote their, um, their, their Christmas offerings, but it's nothing actually to do with their Christmas offerings. It's actually like a little short film, and they did one last year, I think, about a sprout. Uh, yeah, it was a sprout who went on an adventure or something. Um, <laughs> but this year, it's 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 about a little 10-year-old girl and her dad. And uh, basically, it's about her getting ready to be in a, a school talent show. And she's dance, she went trying to dance. And her dad's always busy with work and stuff. And it's a little two-minute short, so there's not much to it. And I won't actually tell you what happens at the end, because you should watch it. Um, But it is so beautifully made. Um, It's a piece of stop-motion animation um, with the models being made by McKinnon and Saunders, who are the people who made the models for Fantastic Mr. Fox and Mm -hmm. the upcoming Isle of Dogs from Wes Anderson. And also they made the models for The Corpse Bride, the Tim Burton film. And they do a lot of model making for stop-motion shows tv shows in the uk and stuff um and it also uses cg for the faces uh the uh production studio responsible for it are apparently called blinkirk i've not heard of them before um but it's a beautiful piece of animation and the motion on it is so fluid it's because there's there's dancing in it i will say um and it can't, that can't be easy to do in stop motion and to do it so no. smoothly. And this is why lots of people are um like celebrating this film and sharing it around lots of animation people. Um, Cause it is, it's available online as well. Uh, you don't mm-hmm. have to only watch it on the BBC. Um, yeah, we'll
0: leave a link in the show notes just to make sure that you guys watch it because it is, if you're a fan of stop motion animation, even just the blend of uh, animation that this exhibits, definitely check it out. Cause it is, it's just, it's, so beautiful. It's just, hmm. I'm really glad I had the opportunity to see it myself.
1: I was like, even Damn. I don't
0: really actively watch the BBC.
1: Oh well, no, you you can't. Uh, it's not, <laughs> not easy. Um, yeah, it's just a lovely little short. Although apparently, I did discover when I was uh, looking up stuff to write up about it that there is a small uh, group of people who are very angry about it because it's not—it's not Christmassy enough. It's,
0: are you kidding me?
1: It's not snowy. Well, there's something. I don't think there is snow in it, and there's Christmas trees that' uh, You clearly
0: see. You clearly see the family going. You know, getting ready for the holidays. That's what more do you want? I.
1: Th- it's it's just the crazy war on Christmas. People who are like everyone's trying to stop me saying Happy Christmas. No one. <sighs> no one. No one ever is trying to stop you do that ever. No. Like, no. But they. But they are because Fox News says they are. No, no, shut up! Uh, <laughs> My
0: thoughts exactly.
1: Uh, Christmas yeah. is
0: not in any danger. Never has. Never will be. Nope. It's too big. It's already eating other <laughs> holidays. <laughs> but we'll leave. We'll leave that. That's that's a discussion. That's a discussion for another time. So let's <laughs> let's let's just enjoy this short for what it is. For just being a very heartfelt celebration of the holiday season by showing a very adorable family relationship and just some wonderful, wonderful animation for some very talented people.
1: You may even find yourself getting a little bit emotional.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not gonna lie, this this also, this hit an emotional point for me because yeah, it's adorable.
1: I I did the first time I saw it like, adverts aren't supposed to make you feel
0: well, no, they are. If they're, if they're yeah. actually making you feel emotional, then they're doing their job.
1: Mm, yeah, <laughs> That's what
0: they're meant to do. But most of the time you're not, you know, if they're not doing exactly their job, then you're just rolling your eyes. Mm. But this, yeah. this definitely hits a home run for mm. sure.
1: It's very sweet and
0: check it out. Definitely. Okay. So with that said, That brings us to our main topic, which is, as I said earlier in the episode introduction, is a Muppet Christmas Carol. There he is, Mr. Ebenezer Scrooge. Say, is it getting colder
1: out here? It kills you, kills you to the bone But there's nothing in nature that freezes your heart
0: Like years of being alone
1: It paints you with indifference Like a lady paints with rouge And the worst of the worst The most
0: hated and cursed
1: Is the one that we call Scrooge
0: Unkind as any And the rap of many This is Ebenezer Scrooge Oh, there goes Mr. Humbug There goes Mr. Grimm if they gave a prize for being mean, the winner would be him. Old Scrooge, he loves his money because he thinks it gives him power. If he became a flavor, you can bet he would
1: be sour. Yeah. Even the vegetables don't like him.
0: For, as usual, when we discuss a film, we're going to just kind of get things started with talking about our you know our introductions to the film you know, from uh, the first time we saw it, and then give our general impressions of what we liked about it, stuff that we may not like so much, or, you know, how it relates to the holiday, etc. But let's just start with our initial impressions. Chris, did you want to kick things off?
1: I I was thinking about it, and I was trying to remember when I first saw it, and I realized I can't remember, which is (laughs) great. It's just, Always be there. It's just like one of these things that you can't can't really imagine the time before you'd seen it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not, you know, I'm not even sure how much, how often I saw it when I was young, or whatever. It, it's like it just seems to have become something that um, it's become so ingrained that uh, I know I didn't see it at cinema, and uh, I don't know. It mm-hmm. it might have been one of these things that I saw like when it was on TV rather than.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I get what you mean. Yeah.
1: Cause it probably, at some point it probably started being on TV every Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause there are certain films you have to have on every Christmas.
0: Oh yes. Like and they that, have to have the, the, the Grinch special they have to have, um, gosh, we know we discussed them last year, yeah. the, um, those different, uh, stop motion, uh, animated specials mm, like yeah. uh, the rudolph the red-nosed reindeer etc like all those have to been charlie brown christmas all of those have to be played on tv at least once
1: mm-hmm. and i i think it might it's possible that it was just like a, something i saw on tv a lot although i might have like, seen it on a on an old video years ago i don't know or we could have even watched it at school i don't know you know when The last day of school when they bring, they used to roll in the video into, everyone sits in the hall, they bring in the video, one of the teachers can't work out how to play the video. (laughs) 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 He's a old school memory, memory, remembering. (laughs) (laughs) I remember last day of school, everyone watching Home Alone in the school hall on the video. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) Special, special treat yeah um so I can't tell you when I first saw it I just know that I've always loved it as far as I I know uh I was a big Muppets fan as as a child mm-hmm. that's no- another thing I can't remember when I first saw it Muppets just it's always been
0: yeah it's always been there
1: <laughs> yeah well you know it would have been our whole lives because it you know they started in the 70s or ever so they were literally always there long
0: Uh, before we were born they were they were always there
1: um but yeah uh i obviously we should say we know it's not animated technically but
0: technically speaking
1: but you know it's it's related related art puppetry i would say um and uh, not that they're puppets; obviously, they are alive. Um, <laughs>
0: well, yeah, that's 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 the that's the key thing right there is the fact that it's so good that they are you know they are alive. They they too are eyes you know, as people who love the show. They are alive. Uh,
1: but if you've listened to our podcasts a lot, especially the early ones, we used to talk about the puppets all the time. It was it was inevitable that we were eventually going to do it, and also yeah, dear, you know we. Democracy as well, because we had a Twitter poll. Admittedly, there wasn't an option for us not to talk about it, but still, it counts.
0: Um, hey, especially considering how the varying degrees of yes and yeah and hell yeah.
1: Mm.
0: Most of the most of our response was on our Twitter poll. What we found was a hell yeah. So the See? people have spoken.
1: So we had to do it. Is what we're saying. Yes. Uh, yeah. Exactly. I mean it's it's an all-time classic um uh, what about you
0: well it's 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 kind of similar situation to you it's like it's one of those things like both the Muppets and the Muppet Christmas Carol has been kind of one of um one of those things at Christmas that like you always just watch it's part of like a it's a family tradition just along with watching like the Charlie Brown Christmas and next to the uh Mickey's Christmas Carol was my introduction to the Christmas Carol story.
1: I was so, I was actually going to yeah. ask about that yeah as well if if because yeah I've I think maybe I saw a Christmas Carol first and then this but uh again yeah they are my definitive <laughs> versions of the story. I didn't know the story anywhere out other way than via those two. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it's, it's it's interesting because if um if you're looking for a film to introduce like say your young the younger members of your family uh to what you know the purpose of them up at Christmas Carol what it like why it's such a classic uh tale to be told around Christmas time both I think the the Mickey's Christmas Carol and uh especially this one for sure um do a wonderful wonderful job of telling this the the you know the the root core of the story that you know you get all those classic elements but still also have enough, uh, enough of a, you know, we've got a nice, good bit of comedy. You've got some lighthearted moments with the with the puppets and of course the Mickey Mouse characters in the um, Mickey's Christmas Carol. So it's, it's like, it's a good balance to introduce uh, younger members of the family to the Christmas Carol without scaring them. Because one of the things that a lot of people know about the traditional Christmas Carol is that it can be, it has some lighthearted moments. It has some sad moments. It has some also very scary moments too. So it's it's kind of like a good balance of, all like these different elements of what makes the christmas Carol what it is
1: yeah it's it's, it's kind of as as you are alluding to there basically mm-hmm. it's interesting that um they are in both those cases actually not just um i although i haven't seen my, mickey's christmas Carol in a long time in my memory of it at least mm-hmm. uh they they are both like surprisingly faithful to the original story incredibly Uh, faithful which i can't think of like any other sort of uh like adaptation of um like a classic story or whatever you know in like a slightly kidified version you might say you know a kid's Mm -hmm. version of it that is that sort of true to the original source um i mean i think I haven't seen it many times, but I I don't think Muppet Treasure Island is, is you know, sticks as closely to the original. Uh, eh, at-
0: here and there. It's, 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 it, they're, they're definitely having a lot more fun with that movie for sure. But um, yeah, I think even in regards to um, comparing those other two, like I said, Mickey's Christmas Carol versus Muppet Christmas Carol, I think Muppet Christmas Carol, just because I think mm. it's the Muppet, you know, it's a Muppet production. They definitely have a lot of fun with this too. They, they, there are a lot of really good gags, but that's never at one point, like, especially since I rewatched this film for this, uh, this particular discussion, even though they have those jokes, it does not take away from the stuff that they're remaining faithful to. I mean, Sir Michael Caine plays the, plays the role as, as uh, Scrooge. He pretty much straight, like he just
1: completely, straight. <laughs> completely
0: straight to the point. Yeah. This was like, Oh my goodness. He's doing, he's acting off Muppets and just doing this completely seriously, but it's, it actually works to the film's benefit, I think.
1: That's what makes it work so, so well. And I, um, I was looking up some trivia on IMDb about it, and there's, actually, there's actually something that relates to that. And, uh-huh. it, and it says that before production began, Sir Michael Caine told Brian Henson, who's the director, um, mm-hmm. I'm, go- I'm going to play this movie. i like work in are the Royal Shakespeare Company. I will <laughs> never wink. I will never do anything Muppety. Oh, can you imagine him saying Muppety? That's brilliant. I can't, no. I am going to play Scrooge as if it's an utterly dramatic role and there are no puppets around me. That's my Michael Caine impression. I'm sorry.
0: No, Um, that's good. No, this is great. (laughs) That is uh, awesome.
1: And Henson replied, yes, bang on. And yeah, that is what um, worked so well. And yeah, I think that's, that's what, yeah there's sort of like some characters that are, are like in the Dickens version. And then there's some characters that are in the Muppet version. And Mm -hmm. uh, like, I was, I was basically when I was rewatching it, I, I, I think Kermit basically plays it straight as well.
0: Oh yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. He's, he's, he's acting. He's a great actor. Is Kermit. Um, (laughs) So he's not, the. you know, there are several characters who just could come straight. They could, you could take them out and put them in a straight forward all human production of Christmas Carol. And it, they wouldn't be out of place at all.
0: No, certainly not.
1: Including Kermit, even though he's a frog,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> but then or
0: his, or his beloved wife, Miss Piggy. Mm.
1: <laughs> yeah. As, as that. Yeah. So apparently, uh, if, if um a frog and a pig have baby summon pick some of the frogs just uh, randomly?
0: i I guess in in the Muppet world that's how that works <laughs> don't question uh, I don't want to question any more than that but I think it's just that's that's really kind of funny how the considering how all the different Muppet characters work off each other how well that played into the casting of which Muppet characters would play specific roles like um. Oh gosh, I'm trying to think it's like specifically. You had the um oh, the uh the two hecklers um yeah. Yeah, the two hecklers were cast as the
1: Statler and Waldorf.
0: Statler and Waldorf, they were cast as uh Jacob and Robert Marley since we had to have more than one in this particular version since there was two of those two of those guys, but again, it works to the film's benefits. Like it's you, you definitely see it's a the muppet, you know, joke in the fact that oh, we only have a second one because the fact that these two guys are always together. But it, again, it, it's, it it fits. It really fits. And even when they like throw in uh, lines that are not from the book, um, especially in regards to them always criticizing Scrooge when they're when they were alive, it's just like, oh, yeah, I can see that's a joke, but it's still very like again. Michael Caine plays it straight, and it's funny.
1: And that is one sort of thing that I I think always got confused with me. In I always I was always surprised when there was only one. Well, Marley in other versions. Oh, oh there's, right. There's, there's supposed to be two Moleys.
0: <laughs> no, nope, that was only in the Muppet version.
1: <laughs> ah, yeah. So they yeah. had
0: to have Stan, Stan and Waldorf be the the two the two ghosts that warn Scrooge about changing to become a better person. Otherwise, you'll get dragged down in chains. Mm. They even had a song sequence about it, which compared to some of the other song sequences, I'm not entirely sure it was my favorite, but it was. It got the point across. Like that's one thing I could say in terms of about the music in this uh, this particular uh, Christmas Carol version. Like obviously they've got um, some some fun songs, some okay songs, but I think the always consistently the writing of the songs is is spot on.
1: I've got the soundtrack.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this does not surprise me.
1: So I could play it at Christmas. Yay! <laughs> uh, yeah, it's do you, great.
0: Do your nieces like it?
1: I don't care. It's mine. Might... <laughs> I, I, I have, put, I have, um, I like, tried to get them to watch it. Uh, I think, don't know if it was last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. Like, um, one of my nieces didn't seem that bothered about it, but that mm-hmm. might have been before they discovered the Muppets. I can't remember. Ah, um,
0: oh, gotcha. Are do they? Are they fond of the Muppets?
1: I think they are now. Yeah, because uh, I think. Uh, yeah i think i actually went to cinema to see muppets most wanted so
0: okay cool cool
1: um yeah the the music is very good uh uh, written by uh paul williams i think is that the guy i only really sort of know the name in in relation to the muppets to be honest he i think i think he wrote the music for um uh like the original muppet movie as well like um that makes
0: sense. That makes sense because I mean the songs in this movie seem pretty much consistent in terms of the quality of the other songs from the Muppets, you know, that I've heard before and other Muppet films. So it's, I, I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Yeah, I think he wrote, uh, yeah, Paul Williams, I think he wrote, um, like, the Rainbow Connection and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So, i was just, I was just got what the German title is. <laughs> <It's
0: gonna be laughs> laugh. What's the German title?
1: Uh, D map die, obviously D it's white wine nice or something. White wine great. wine wine It's just like this huge word. It's like <laughs> I we're think. Sorry means, if
0: we're butchering the the German pronunciation.
1: <laughs> well, I definitely am. It, it looked, I from my German knowledge. I think white white night. Geshista, I don't know what that means, but it means white night something. Uh, okay. But maybe it's white night ghost. So I don't know. Oh, well, let me see. I'm going to find out what that word means. <laughs> <is quite> <laughs> we don't get distracted at all. We just try and no, find out what other words, no, the words not mean. At
0: all. The status quo is maintained.
1: Oh, there we go. It means story. So it means like white night story. Ah. Huh. So the, Mupp- the Muppet's White Knight story, although it sounds yeah, <laughs> it sounds more than that. Di- especially when when it's written down, it looks like Die Muppets. Die Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> like, all okay, right, all thing, right, calm down, Germans.
0: One thing I want to double check, in, since you've got the trivia, the the Muppet Christmas Carol trivia open, I want to ask you a question. Um, because something that I always wondered from seeing this film, and I'm I'm pro- I'm, I'm not sure if I'm right or wrong about this. Are the there because there are certain uh Muppet characters that I feel I only I only saw or only ever saw in this movie, and that is obviously the uh the Muppets of the respective uh ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. Um, were those characters just unique to this movie or were have their puppets been used elsewhere?
1: As far as I know, that they are un- unique, I think. And also, I know, they... I've
0: never seen the Ghost of Christmas Past like that particular mm. um, Muppet being used in other other movies or any other uh, production before. And that was that was really interesting. The designs that they did for all for all three. I mean, obviously, the Ghost of Christmas Future is the dark and grim one because I think that's a, typically speaking the uh, most interpretations of that particular character have something have like a silent uh, specter. Mm. that almost reflects the Grim Reaper in a way.
1: No, that's creepy. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: it's creepy even in the Muppets version. It's always creepy.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I'm... Like, it, it's creepy enough that uh, both of the, the narrators of the Muppet Christmas Carol, uh, Gonzo as Charles Dickens and Rizzo as Rizzo, both of them kind of like when we get to the um, that last portion of the Christmas Carol, they just kind of peace out and like, yeah, this is getting a little too scary for us. We're uh, We're going to see you later in the movie.
1: <laughs> that is also another element that works really well is the having gonzo as charles dickens doing the narrating <laughs> obviously and, it's... And
0: it's have, like, the interactions between him and rizzo are always priceless mm-hmm. <laughs> and no matter what kind of muppet film they're in whether it's the christmas carol whether it's the muppet treasure island i've always loved watching those two characters interact off each other
1: <laughs> but it's, all, it's also a really clever idea because it it basically they can like use like narration from the, the book the original yeah, story or like, whatever literally
0: so. from the book
1: mm.
0: um but back to what i was saying earlier about the um the various uh, ghosts of christmas past mm. present and future the one that was seemed most consistent with um the depiction was obviously the ghost of christmas future but um i really liked what they did with both past and present especially <laughs> present was my I think was my favorite because uh he was he was um he had short-term memory. Yeah. And he kept repeating himself and everything because he's they they took the fact that he is a spirit of the present quite literally in his mm. interpretation and basically how you know, he he's very, you know, that's he that's that's what but his focus is so he'll forget things in the long term. Which is adorable.
1: You're you're a little absent-minded spirit. No, oh, I am a large absent-minded spirit. Ooh, ooh, ooh.
0: Come in and know me better, man.
1: Yeah, it's very funny. Uh, yeah, the design of the the uh, Ghost of Christmas Future kind of a bit could come out of Dark Crystal a bit, sort of.
0: Yeah. Okay. I knew I was getting vibes of somewhere from that. I just couldn't put my finger on it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. I can't have to move on from that. Um, but yeah. And what about what was your opinion on? The one for Ghost of Christmas Past, because I think that was the most unique looking of all three.
1: Uh, well, it looks like I said, like it looks like the uh, the Gelflings a bit. Um, oh
0: right, do I thought I thought you said Ghost of Christmas Future that looked like Dark Crystal, but I all guess the I...
1: Skeksis as well. Yeah, kind of. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry.
0: I think I'm the one who got turned around in that conversation. So. IPad. Forget that.
1: <laughs> yeah. This does, and sort of obviously looks ethereal. E- ethereal, I think. Est- I think oh, yeah, that is part. that is totally <laughs> not how I'm saying it at all.
0: It's okay. But yeah, very ethereal, very mysterious. And I want to know who the actress was because it sounds like an actual child mm-hmm. uh, cast of the role, but um, which was added to the whole, like, Oh, what's the word? Now I'm losing my words in terms of what I want to try to use to describe something. Darn it! <laughs> I'm,
1: infec- I'm infecting you. No! I'm sorry.
0: Come no, in me better, man! <laughs> okay, all right. I need to bring it back down again. Um, it was it was unique. I guess the word is what I'm looking for is unique. It was... I don't think it's... Every version of The Christmas Carol that I've seen since always tries to do a different... um interpretation of the different spirits Mm -hmm. um like i remember for mickey's christmas carol ghosts of christmas past was um jimmy cricket which was Uh an interesting choice um yeah it's it's hard to say like i think that's one of the other than the original interpretation of that particular spirit like it, it kind of varies depending on what like which version of the movie or which version of the story that you're looking at but no, it was it was it was cool. I like that that was the direction that they took for this particular movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else, um, in particular that stand that stood out to you in terms of uh, the way that they went about making this movie, or in terms of the setup from about you know for the Christmas Carol uh, story. Uh,
1: yeah, the um, like the actual sequences where, um, like he goes to the past or the present or whatever they mm-hmm. all they all work really well as well um like the uh like we get to see younger versions of that of the marlies and things like that and
0: mm-hmm. yeah that was that was cool
1: because mm-hmm. you don't you don't often like see muppets at, at different ages or whatever <laughs> apart, apart from the muppet babies yes
0: yes apart from that
1: and And that one sequence in Muppet's most Wanted, where there's a, like a flash forward to old Kermit and Miss Piggy <laughs> um and <laughs> you have got the my favorite joke in the film I would to say is in okay. the is in the um uh is in one of the past sequence where sam the eagle
0: <laughs> oh oh it is the goes, American way. And then go,
1: go, oh, it's the
0: British, the British way. way. <laughs> I, I will admit, um, I think that joke kind of went over my head when I first it, watched yeah. that I watched that part, and I wasn't entirely sure what the joke was supposed to be, but like years later I watched it again. like, oh, oh my gosh, that's funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's oh,
0: like, the Eagle.
1: That's kind of like one of the few sort of uh four four breaky bits really. Mm-hmm. Obviously apart from the fact that Charles Dickens is talking to you. Um <laughs> other than that, but um the yeah the, other than that they don't do that sort of thing very often, but it is this, that's always the joke I remember. Uh for some reason. It's a it, good
0: joke. It's a good it's joke. Good. They there there are really there there are a large amount of jokes that really hit the mark here and it's one thing I've always admired about um this particular film is how it always seems to balance the tone of the jokes and the humor that is just typically you know you know the Muppets to do but also again like we've said previously to still honor the source material that it's trying to you know that's it's telling the story of which is really excellent especially since one of the best things like we've told like what well, not just Michael Kane, but it feels like the entire like rest of the live action cast are working off the Muppets Mm -hmm. you know like a regular like a you know a traditional telling of the Christmas Carol like this isn't this isn't just a Muppets movie it's a Christmas Carol just featuring the Muppets and different different roles.
1: Yeah that's it's it's so amazing that they did it like that really (laughs) because.
0: Even things that you would consider out of place like say for example Animal you would think. Mm being very out of place considering how he loves to drum things. And I don't think those type of drums existed in this particular period of time, but they found a way to make it work.
1: (laughs) Yes, they did. (laughs) Yeah. That I love like the way they, they find a way to like put in different characters and stuff like, Oh, so well, yeah, we'll make uh, that character could be fuzzy and that could be uh, like, and he's got the, um, Got the house band, so you've got Animal and
0: the uh, Trisha, the the band of the Muppets band,
1: yeah, things like that, and yes, so they have like a lot of the famous Muppet character, and there's also uh, lots of characters from Fraggle Rock apparently in this. I did recognize. That
0: didn't jump out to me as much because I mean I did watch Fraggle Rock, but not. It's just been. It feels like it's been so long. Like the memory of watching that's still. It's a lot fuzzier for me.
1: I remember the dog. And I recognised the dog.
0: Oh, yeah, that okay,
1: that was the Fraggle Rock dog. That was okay. the Fraggle Rock dog, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, one of the other characters that I think is an original to uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol is the um, uh, like in the future sequence, there's like a um, it's like a spider.
0: Okay, no, yeah, the 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 spider Muppet in that particular yeah, yeah I remember him.
1: He, he's like a he's like a um spider um Fagin basically, <laughs> and he's hmm. from Oliver Twist.
0: Interesting. Oh right, yeah. Okay, now it's coming back to me. Yes.
1: And it, it's like, I I'm I really like the design and the character of that, and I think that's yeah. It seems like seems like such an amazing sort of little character moment just for. That's something I love about the Muppets, where they're like, "Wait, we'll just we'll design and create a Muppet just for one little throwaway gag or whatever, one little scene."
0: Yeah, and then they always give it their A game, which is just phenomenal. And I have to, in regards to uh, this movie's production, um, like the director, as a Brian Henson, was the one who directed the this film, correct? Yes. Wasn't this his first movie?
1: It was apparently, yeah. Huh. This is the first, um, H- like, Henson production after Jim Henson died.
0: Yeah, so, I remember always, like, whenever the film was about to begin, it said, in loving memory of Jim Henson. I'm like, what happened to Jim Henson?
1: Yeah, that's, that's, like, one of the weird things, like, when you realize that, like, you didn't, you never knew who Jim Henson was when he was alive, basically, and it's, like, that's really sad. Like, well, oh so
0: you like, you, you, in a way, saw his work, but you didn't reckon, realize that it was him, the one making it happen, like, all yeah. the characters from, that, you know, you typically know from Jim Henson, like, he was, the guy who was primarily responsible for all, like, this being, you know, created in the first place, so, I mean, as a kid, you don't really think about this, because you just, you're just seeing mm-hmm. the characters, you're just seeing the story, and you're just accepting it for what it is, but you're not really you're not really sure what's, you know, going on behind the curtain, so, but until you see something like that, it's like, like, mm-hmm. oh I remember very vividly when, um, I think it was, because I had seen the movie multiple times, but I, you know, it was, I think for a time before I learned how to read, mm-hmm. that once I had learned how to read, and I saw those words come up on the screen before the film began, says, so, you know, loving memory of Jim Henson, I'm like, I asked my mother, like, who's Jim Henson, and she was the one who explained it to me, and what he did, and, And it's like, why does it say in loving memory? I was like, well, he passed away not long ago. I'm like, what? (laughs) It's like, it was one of those things. Like, how, like, why am I the last person to know about
1: this? (laughs) Yeah.
0: But that's really, that's really surprising that this was his, this was his first time. I forget what he did after this, but um, that is really flipping cool that this was his first movie.
1: Well, he did a lot of um, other Muppet stuff. But
0: he, Oh, he was involved on Labyrinth too. That's interesting. And, and Muppet but, Treasure Island. Okay, that makes all the sense.
1: Yeah, but you I know. remember
0: um because I remember like I I was watching both the Muppet Christmas Carol and um uh, Muppet Treasure Island around play around the same time. Like I was intro- I think I was introduced to them in the same year. Mm-hmm. And they both felt similar. And maybe not just the fact that they were Muppet films, but there was just it seemed like I don't know, like, I, I, what's the word I'm using to describe it? Because, it, like, it, it felt like the same person had done it, and without me even at that time realizing that it was directed by the same person, which is interesting.
1: This is cool. Oh, he's he direct he's directed the um there there's um been in rumors for a while. Uh, well, not rumors. There's been uh, talk of a um a adult Jim Henson. Uh, film noir murder mystery thing called oh happy, interesting called the happy time murders and <laughs> um and it is it seems like it's now in post-production so it's supposed to be coming out next year and he directed it
0: oh that's cool so okay. yeah keep when an eye i that.
1: when i first heard about that i was excited yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh he also directed episodes of the dinosaurs tv series
0: uh, oh no there's a there's a blast from the past
1: Mhm. so they so his first directory or job was a tv series episode of a series called mother goose stories and then he directed muppet christmas carol two years later so there you go
0: <laughs> very cool and i think one thing that i need to make sure like even like we watching this film like there's some even like, other tidbits that you might not pick up on the first viewing if you haven't seen this movie yet. Um I think there is I think we have on our little handy dandy trivia list here um it says one of the crowd sequences in this movie um one of the background muppets is a lobster hanging out of a basement window. <laughs> uh, apparently a reference to the a line from uh Charles Dickens like a bad lobster in a dark cellar. <laughs> wow I did not pick up on that in the film at all but now I'm actually really curious to go back through it and try and find that because that's actually really super clever
1: well they they just they just have all sorts of like Muppets in the like just all the different sequences like like the opening sequence you get all all different Muppets like the uh, when they're singing about Mr Scrooge and stuff yeah,
0: they sing the song about Mr. Scrooge. And then yeah, you, you see a whole bunch. You see some that you might recognize, others that you might have never seen before.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, as as I was saying, like they'll just create a Muppet just for that one little bit of the song or whatever, just just so they can have a line about cheeses for us Mises or whatever. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I don't think
0: we ever saw those, like, it's a, typically the, the the rats and the Rizzo normally get the spotlight when you're having the mice on, and are like, having some kind of, like, mice or rat characters and the as Muppets, but never never any that anything that small.
1: No. Oh, and there's it, there's there's that sequence in the um Ghost of Christmas present because he, he can shrink himself down and stuff. So there's the bit where he's in with the Mises.
0: Oh right, I remember oh gosh.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's also yeah. Ah, oh, such a wonderful film. Sorry.
0: no yeah we're okay we're kind of gushing at this point so
1: um
0: at the you know basically when it comes down to it in terms of just what makes this film special is the fact that it takes a very like i said it's both very funny and also you know the typical muppets humor but also very much honors the the story of the christmas carol so it's a if you're have if you have some little ones who you would like to introduce the story to um, this is a good version to show. A good version of the the story to show
1: them. Yeah, and it doesn't doesn't mess around with the with the story either. Because cause, like it, you know, it's it makes you sad for a little bit. Oh no, not Tiny Tim! Spoilers. It's
0: um, <laughs> an old story. People who have seen it should, or even read it, should know that by now.
1: Yeah, but. Um, I don't know what I was going to say then. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, um, yeah. they don't, like, they didn't wimp out and stuff like that. When when the story's supposed to be sad, they're like, no, we're going to make it sad. And I think the Muppets, I don't know what it is. When the Muppets does, like, I suppose you'd call it sentimental or whatever. When the Muppets does, or you could be nice and say it's, uh, not, what's the word I'm looking for now, uh. No it's okay. Well Sincere. I
0: have a Yeah, you go ahead. Finish
1: your thought. It's just sincerity rather than um sentimentality if you going to be. Yeah, sincerity
0: that's a good word for it.
1: And I always find it works. When there's like a little emotional moment in the Muppet movies like like in the recent Muppet movie for example, uh yeah, it always works. Like if if you show me Kermit looking sad, that makes me sad.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and you know, that's it's magic the way they do that. They make that frog look really sad, and suddenly, I know. Oh, suddenly, I'm like, I'm really sad now because Kermit's sad. <laughs> and I, I think, yeah, that's that, right? That is animation bringing to life the.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's mm. it's giving this, it's giving a pu- this puppet character the fact that when it, the character is expressing emotion, you of course they are
1: they imagine. are alive. Of course, of we, course. We, as we need of to course. keep mentioning, they are real. They're real creatures.
0: <laughs> Though, in regards to your um, expression about uh, the sad moments in this movie, because like I said, this this story, run, or this movie runs the whole gambit. Mm-hmm. But um, there was a specific song sequence that I remember um, when I first watched this one, because we had recorded it on uh, off TV um, mm-hmm. and we had it on VHS for quite a long time. Um, they remember, I remember a specific song sequence during the point where um, Scrooge is going... Through the um, you know Christmases of past,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: he you see his lady love, and then there's the whole point where the two split up and go their separate ways, and she sings a song called "When the Love Is Gone."
1: Yes, yeah, I. I
0: remember really enjoying that sequence, and so my whole my entire family did. And then, obviously, at some point, we could no longer run the VHS tape, so we had to buy the DVD. And we were very surprised to find out with the DVD version, that song sequence was completely cut out.
1: I don't, I don't believe. Know if you're aware of that or not. I don't believe I've ever seen this, this song. The story goes, right? Because this is mentioned mm-hmm. in our handy dandy trivia section. Thank you, IMDB. You've been <laughs> helpful today. Um, it was dropped from the theatrical release at the request of, at the time, Disney chairman Jeffrey Katzenberg, Hmm. who thought it was too sad for young children.
0: Not true!
1: And, um, they cut that out, um, and, uh, they apparently didn't cut it out very well, um, and it was then restored for the video Laserdisc and very first DVD version, uh, which was a full-screen version, um, but in most versions that you'll find now, including the version that was on Netflix, I don't think it is anymore, but um, it was at some point. And Blu-ray releases. I didn't know it was out on Blu-ray either. Uh, I've only got the DVD. <laughs> uh, it's not in there. Cause... But that song is on the soundtrack.
0: Yeah, it is. Like is. I'm surprised. Like, you... So you haven't seen the song sequence, but you've I've heard, heard it.
1: it. Yes. have heard it, but you that... never
0: saw it in the film.
1: I don't think so, No
0: yeah that always seemed to be like such an important part of the movie because i figured it was just you know it was just another song oh. about this you know particular moment in the film and it was an, it was a nice it was a nice piece and obviously it, it fit well with the, the structure of the, the story but yeah the like when you had that part you know when later releases where they cut that completely it was a little it was a little jarring
1: hmm. and um. it was
0: not too sad for kids i watched that all the time as a kid, and it was fine. <laughs> I may have gotten a little teary-eyed, but it was Aww. okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's yeah. okay for kids to cry at a movie, even though parents would probably disagree.
1: <laughs> it's it's part of childhood. You've got to go through it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You've got to just like a watching the Secret of, of Nymph or Land
0: Before Time. It's yeah. Like, these are the, the moments of trial and filmmaking that challenge kids.
1: That's my mum who wouldn't watch The uh, Land Before Time because it's too sad. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a true story. She still oh. hasn't seen it. Or The Lion King. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, yes. So now you know. Else?
0: Yeah. So is there anything else about this movie we wanted to talk about? Anything that makes it sound out as a Christmas classic? Other than we were discussed already,
1: oh, it's so good.
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: that it is. That it is. Oh, I will not contest that. I, I tell you, I love. I the sets are really good as well. They, yeah. they just, they just feel. You know, feel. You can feel like you could almost run around in that set. It's just, they just feel like really. I. Like, it was apparently it was filmed in Pinewood Studios, so they they built. They built like a replica mini Victorian London, which Oh man. Which always feels super Christmassy just for mm-hmm. some reason. It's there's no for some reason it just feels Christmassy. Victorian London in the snow. There you go, Christmas.
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: Um yeah, but it just it's like a perfect set and everything.
0: <laughs> I think actually the reason why you it's interesting you say that, how that, that time period feels like Christmas is because of the Christmas carol. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I think that the that I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. That just looks fits. So I feel like that's why people see that particular imagery and or that particular type of setting. It's like, oh, it's Christmas because okay. that's that's the time, that time period that Christmas Carol takes place,
1: and they've it's just, like a classic story. They've just made a film about Charles Dickens writing Christmas Carol uh, with Dan Stevens, the uh, Beast from Beauty of the Beast in it, and it's ah. called called The Man Who Invented Christmas. So there you go. So, Another film to check out. So people say that the modern idea of Christmas, Charles Dickens has a lot to do with it. Oh yes. But
0: yeah, the sets are great, and again, the um the costumes on all the like the live action actors, and even other costumes that they give for um the Muppets too. <laughs> excellent. Hey, they, everyone, even despite the fact that they're Muppets, they fit the time period.
1: Yeah.
0: How? I can't believe I just said that sentence out loud, but no, yeah, it actually works.
1: It, it actually does. Works. And yeah, just Victoria London is full of animals. It's fine. Who talk and, and sing. And
0: vegetables. And, and fruit vegetables. Of
1: course. Yes.
0: Because this, we have to have the Swedish chef in there and you know him and his talking, oh, event,
1: talking, yeah. talking food. <laughs> uh, what's, what's his, what's it he does. He does, um, his, uh birdie 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 or something. He does. Yeah, so,
0: something something yeah. Christmasy. Yeah. Though I will I will like to make a special mention that's only slightly related to this movie because a lot of people are familiar with this particular um Muppet, uh Christmas uh feature. But there was another one that's a bit harder to find that's been getting a lot of popularity recently. I think it's um it's on I was able to find it on YouTube. Um the Muppet Family Christmas.
1: All right. Are, Are you familiar like, with it? Maybe. I've seen some sort of Muppet Christmasy thing <laughs> other than this. Yeah, because it was a
0: very it was a very limited release on VHS um and it's really like it's practically gone now because I don't think there, there's ever been a um a proper DVD release of it ever. Uh, but it's really just like a celebration of Jim Henson's pop, you know, characters just having a family Christmas all together. That's and that includes the entire Cast of the Muppets, Sesame Street, and Fraggle Rock.
1: I think I might have seen it or partly yeah, seen I, it at least.
0: I remember they, like in the back of my brain, maybe tuning in, like maybe it was on like TV at one point and I saw it. And I really enjoyed it for what it was, and then it just kind of faded into obscurity. But then like it's been getting a lot of like, you know, I've, there've been people checking it out on uh YouTube since apparently someone put it on there and it's I think there's even a petition going out for uh to get a proper DVD release. But it's 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 pretty darn cute.
1: Yeah, there was one other Jim Henson Christmas like special I remember from childhood called A Christmas Toy, I think. Or
0: I don't think I'm familiar with that one. Was it called
1: oh, The Christmas Toy? Hang on. Um, <laughs> from now on, I'm just going to be on IMDb during every. <laughs> every podcast Just have it up I, all the time and i am actually going to fit, learn
0: for next year
1: and i'm actually going to have some knowledge occasionally yeah there we oh, go Christ- oh,
0: you know plenty of things about film stuff you <laughs> know plenty of things
1: there we go christmas toy um made in 1986 i remember it being on tv when i was younger and yeah it's the little picture it's got up to it. it's got kermit in it but he's not in it i'm sure he's not in it um it was, Yeah, it was a Jim Henson thing about it was kind of kind of like Toy Story before Toy Story because it was about oh. um, it was about toys who come to life when people aren't walking. And um that was like one of the things was uh, you can't be seen by a by a human when you move. And if,
0: Oh yeah.
1: And if you get seen by a human and um, they just oh. they just go still, and oh. that's it. And oh, re- that's,
0: oh my God, that's dark.
1: It was super dark.
0: <laughs> oh I re-
1: and I remember that, and I was like, "Whoa!" And there's, there's one of the characters is a rug, is a tiger called Rugby who's super cute. And there's a little mouse thing, and there's I can see in the picture there's a bear and a and a doll. Yeah, it was, I
0: have to look this up because like I can like now I'm starting to kind of vaguely like, those character names sound familiar to me, and like okay, I think I've probably seen this, but I just. I cannot picture it in my head. Now it's starting to frustrate me.
1: <laughs> and yeah, Brian Henson was in it as a voice. <laughs> oh, really?
0: Who did he voice?
1: Uh, Cruiser, who was one of the toys. Okay. Um, huh. Yeah, this was at, like, years later, they did a TV series called Secret Life of Toys that was had some of the characters in it, including Rugby. Oh, that's um, wild. And I remember that. And I would say, hey, I remember this from somewhere. This is familiar. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it kind of beat Toy Story to it.
0: No, it's, it's, it sounds really cool. I think for someone who is a fan of Toy Story, I think that's, that sounds like a film I'd like to uh, check out at some point.
1: Oh, and the trivia <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh-huh. says,
1: the original version of the TV special had an introduction and conclusion narrated by Kermit the Frog.
0: Oh, excellent.
1: Very so, good, that's, so that's just
0: tied in the Muppets.
1: that's why Kermit was on the picture. There you go. But okay, it, cool. It was removed from the home video versions, but um, hmm. I just remember it being on them, um, uh, being on TV when I was little.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've talked. Um, we've talked a great deal about Muppet Christmas Carol. I'm actually I'm almost out of loss of what to talk about next, but I think that I think that'd be a good place to leave off for our holiday talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, thanks for everyone for tuning in and we wish you all a happy holiday. Uh, if you want to listen to have listen to more of our episodes from earlier in the year, please feel free to check out our podcast page on our website and just yep. stay tuned to that website for upcoming news later in the uh, new year. Did you have anything you wanted to mention, Chris?
1: I was just going to say, oh, you could also listen to our previous Christmas specials where uh, we've talked about we talked about the snowman, I think, one year, mm-hmm. and we I think last year we talked about Tokyo Godfathers. So. We
0: certainly did. That was that was definitely because that was a new film for me at the time, and that was that's that's a new Christmas favorite for sure.
1: Mm, so we'll be back next year with half oh, a Christmas, maybe I don't know, possibly.
0: You know what? That sounds like a great plan because that's <laughs> like, again another classic animated film for Christmas. the uh, Christmas that is just definitely worth giving like a full episode to talk about Mm. so we'll 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 see if like we'll put up a vote on maybe another vote on twitter so if you already have an idea of what you'd like to see us cover next year you know just just feel free to send us an email
1: yeah unless anything else comes up between now and then I (laughs) i can't imagine there being a more appropriate one than after christmas
0: indeed all right if there's um if you want to follow us on social media at animation for adults um we are on facebook We're also on Twitter at AFA blog. We are on Tumblr. um, Yes, Tumblr, Pinterest, and Instagram. And if you want to continue to support our podcast episodes and our website in order to, uh, you know, for new programs and new ideas for stuff to have in the future, uh, please visit our Patreon page as well as our coffee page as well. And feel free to give us a little donation so we can, get some new content out there for you guys. And again, if you have any opinions on what you'd like to see on Animation for Adults in terms of content, please do not hesitate to let us know and give us some ideas. We'd love to hear from all of our fa- um, all of our listeners and followers. We really appreciate you for all the support that you've given us this year. And, you know, you know we wouldn't be anything without you guys continuing to follow us and check out our stuff. And so we want to wish all of you, once again, a very, very happy holiday. Chris, where can we find you on social media?
1: You can find me at Mr. Cristo on Twitter.
0: And I'm primarily on Twitter myself, uh, at Fail2Ninja. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Once again, so much for tuning in. And we will get back to you with the next podcast episode next year. Take out a gift to
1: another. A pair of mittens that were made by your mother. It's all the ways that we show love That feel like Christmas About A part of childhood will always remember It is the summer of the soul in December
0: Yes, when you do your best for love It feels like Christmas It is the season of the heart A special time of caring The ways of love make clear
1: It is the season of the spirit The message it's if we hear it Is made it last all year It's in the singing of a street corner choir It's going home and getting warm by the fire It's true wherever you find love It feels like Christmas It's true wherever you Find love, it feels like Christmas. It feels like Christmas.